0: button here on my facebook wow what an exciting um period i am really i just wanted to take a moment to really acknowledge myself i feel like snoop Dogg right now uh i want to say thank you to myself (laughs) something that we don't give ourselves permission to about two years ago when i started this game this journey i um You know, they said, you know, make a YouTube channel and uh, make some videos. I didn't know. I'm not a tech person. So I really didn't know how to do it. Um, I wasn't that great at uh, this tech game. And lo and behold, um, I was nervous. Remember my first YouTube video? I did a, it's called the uh, Trigger Proof Show. Um, It's kind of a name that I came up with that really embodied my biggest mess, which was an inability to handle, uh, my triggers within a relationship. And there would be huge volatility. And then days later I'd go back and go like, why did I act that way? And I did a lot of personal development and I'm very intelligent and very successful. And I just wasn't able to write to really understand how I can just all of a sudden become a completely different person. And, um, so Trigger Proof was born and I, wanted, and I and I figured it out and I created a YouTube channel. And so now here we are. That was before coronavirus hit and I created this Facebook community called Trigger Proof. And so if you're listening into this right now, wherever you are, um, I'm doing this simultaneously live as a Facebook um, Facebook Live, which then gets through the power of technology, which then gets put onto a podcast. So I also have a podcast. So from all of my Facebook Lives over the last couple of years, and now Clubhouse, I'm simultaneously doing a room while I'm doing a Facebook Live. So those Clubhouse peeps that feel inspired I would love to have you have the courage to lend us your nervous system and ask a question and allow me to uh, guide you. That's what I do if you've never met me before. This is your first time meeting me. My name is Dr. Nima Romani. And I used to guide people to feeling a lot more energized and less pain as a chiropractor for 20 years. And I realized very quickly within about 10 years that the majority of people that are coming to see me were actually dealing with a stress-related problem. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I thought, okay, I'm not getting to the root. One of the things that I loved about chiropractic is we used to preach, hey, we get to the root of problems. And... Um, I discovered I wasn't really getting to the root. I mean, I could adjust your spine, any misalignments, and that helps restore kind of a balanced state in your nervous system. That's my son, Dominic, by the way. A uh, little balanced state to the nervous system. Uh, but it doesn't address what what I discovered to be probably one of my greatest discoveries, which makes which is why it makes my heart sing, to teach about it the greatest discovery that i made in the world of healing in the world of stress in the world world of distress you stress nervous system dysregulation and all of all of the things the most important thing that i discovered was that the main root cause of the root cause of the root cause of the root's cause of most of our stress is unresolved trauma which comes from interpersonal trauma challenges with most of our traumas happen interpersonally my son gets excited when he sees me um on (laughs) they're just about to leave the hotel room and so interpersonal trauma is one of the major causes of uh distress that that we carry in our body this is where if you have dealt with anxiety if you deal with depression <clears throat> if you deal with a, a chronic health issue, the, the research shows that based on the adverse childhood Event study that the traumas that we experienced interpersonally with mom and dad, um, whether there was abuse, whether there was neglect, whether there was emotional neglect, um, even intergenerationally, it leaves an imprint in your nervous system and your body. And then we have a higher tendency when we've experienced those adverse childhood events to experience chronic pain, chronic illness later on in life. This is a huge discovery. Even though doctors know this to be true, very little is done within the medical profession to help address that. So... It really was a big revelation to me when I discovered that the root cause of the root cause of most illnesses is distressed attachments, attachment traumas, interpersonal traumas within childhood dynamics, siblings, parents. So... This leaves a big problem if you've ever gone to a doctor with a chronic health issue. It leaves a huge gap if you've ever gone to a psychologist with anxiety or, or trying to take medication for something that is clearly caused and created by an attachment trauma that's not resolved, attachment to primary caregivers, parents, you name it. So when I discovered this, simultaneously well, what forced me to discover this was me going through a divorce and going through nine relationships again and like eight, nine relationships with the same patterns, with different women, <laughs> with the same, with when we get into the same pattern. And it was very humbling for me to go back and and really discover all this. And then when I really d- discovered this, you know, one marriage that broke down and then nine failed relationships later, it's like, oh, there's some skills that I didn't learn, that I never learned, and I didn't have a chance at learning. And it caused me to show up a certain way way in relationships that I didn't really know, uh, that I wasn't aware of, that's totally unconscious, not my fault, but yet it's my responsibility to transform this. And I say that because I do a lot of rooms on Clubhouse with people. And a lot of people get extremely triggered by what I share um, because I use the word responsibility. And responsibility sometimes to a person, depending on their journey and where they're at on their healing journey, sounds a lot like blame. (laughs) And when you feel victimized by an event And you've identified with the label of a survivor, which is great because getting out of that is terrifying in the first place. To survive is a big feat of of strength. The problem is when you're still going five years, 10 years, 20 years later, and you're still giving yourself that label of survivor from that relationship, unfortunately, we are, when we do this, we're shooting our our healing in the foot, and we don't even know it. And so, when I bring this up and I teach people about this from a nervous system perspective, I get a lot of um, pushback. And so, that's okay. Um, depending on where you are in this in your healing journey, you might feel um, like I'm saying that it's your fault. And I want to start off by Using the disclaimer that I'm not suggesting it's anybody's fault, not your fault, because when we're when we deal with trauma and relationships, we don't, sometimes we are so in the dark and we are in such a state of despair that we have a tendency to blame ourselves and this feeling of what we call in somatic healing dorsal uh, kind of a dorsal energy of just hopelessness and despair. Uh, we're in a place of shame, and we're blaming ourselves. So, when you have somebody coming and talking about healing and taking responsibility, it sounds an awful lot like blame. And a very important part of healing is to not take on the blame, <clears throat> and also give space for the anger, for the um, really uh, the unfairness of it, the how this, how painful this is, how unfair it was, how unjust. And use that activation energy to move up the ladder into safety so that you're no longer identifying anymore, <coughs> excuse me, as a survivor. That's my hope for you. My hope for you is no matter where you are, surviving whatever you have, congratulations, you deserve like huge acknowledgement to get there. And with the deep with with the deep hope that you now take on not the blame but the responsibility of now learning some critical skills that you never learned in childhood in growing up like i never learned and to make these a priority especially in 2022 i said this two years ago uh, I got interviewed by someone. I said, "What are the greatest skills that you could learn in 2019? What going into 2020?" That was back in the day. It was a podcast a couple of years ago, before COVID hit. And I said, "Yeah, you're best to learn these two skills, which I'm about to share. And it these skills are the ability to create resolution in self-regulating your triggers." That's skill number one. I'll go into it a little bit. And skill number two is the the ability to take conflict that you're going through. To take conflict and turn conflict into deeper intimacy rather than something to rip you apart. We have a very interesting relationship with conflict. We either avoid it altogether or... We have such fear of it that we perceive any conflict, we conflate it as abuse. This is now, we've gotten to the point where we're so out of touch with ourselves and dissociated and in, at the effect of our traumas that we have zero tolerance for any conflict. Somebody disagrees with us, we lose it, and immediately conflict is conflated with abuse. Disagreement is conflated with narcissism. Oh, you disagree with me, you're a narcissist, you're being abusive. Like we've gotten so we've gotten so um at the effect of our traumas that we aren't unable to disagree with one another now. And so I didn't have that skill. I was exactly at the same thing. And I said this back in 2020. It turned out to be, wow, what a year 2020 was. Not much happened there, huh? <clears throat> and then 2021 happens and we're still, you know, it's still going. It actually has now, we're in the midst of a cultural war where we're being divided, the pros, the antis, the um, it's all about is all about kind of creating, you know, separation and othering. You know, it's it's really interesting what's happening. And so I say this again and I probably will say this every December on interviews when they say what what's the most important thing to take with you into 2022 and I said, "All right, I'm going to do this um Clubhouse and this Facebook Live simultaneously and say that the two critical relationships relationship skills that you never learned it's time to make that a priority to learn them why well because geez i don't want to sound a little over over the top here but i I can now say it with absolute certainty if we don't our relationships our nervous systems and our health are at stake excuse me i have a just recovering from a cold that was course, when you get symptoms, you send it into the lab and you do the whole COVID test and it came out negative. And I'm like, wow, I didn't really realize that other colds happen. Now you can still have them. So just recovering from that. So I'm going to talk about the two critical relationship skills, and I'm going to leave it open for any Anybody who's listening on Clubhouse to jump in and master this. Hey, Shema, I can see you're here as well. Big love to you, sister. Um, yes. So the first relationship skill that that we must learn in order to have secure relationships. I mean, first of all, number one, we gotta. Uh, the number one, we got to learn how to stop pointing fingers and and laying blame, and we got to be willing to let go of blame and 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 labeling people. All right, that's, uh, it's a really important thing. We've now become hypersensitized to uh, labels and diagnoses of other people as a means of kind of justifying our own pain. And you don't, you can, there, there is the test of a first rate of intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas together, two opposing thoughts, ideas together without and still maintain your ability to function. That's very important, which leads me to getting that first skill that's important is becoming trigger proof. Trigger proof. I'm writing it down here. That's the first skill that's important for you to learn. What does that mean? First of all, I wanna say becoming trigger proof is not about being triggered less. It's not about being triggered less. I get triggered every day. The difference between me now and before I learned, and the word is becoming, because it's a work in progress, you're never there. It's really about expanding our capacity to hear opposing views, to hear feedback, to hear what, what feels to be like criticism. It's really the importance of um, mastering our own autonomic state. Uh, and I teach this in, in, the, in the programs. There are two fundamental uh, phenomenon that happens every time you get triggered. The first thing that happens is it's called transference. In other words, nothing that you're being triggered by right now by the person who you're in conflict with really has anything to do with them. It is the result of a past unconscious wounding that has been activated based on the interaction that you've gone through, which is a familiar experience in your nervous system. It's in your body. It's not even something you can just talk away. Sometimes these triggers are there before we even had language to be able to describe them. So that's why that's the limitation of any talk therapies you've ever done is it it doesn't even come close to addressing those. But every time you are in a conflict and that old wound is tr- is is triggered, boom, you then regress. There's a regression that happens. You get knocked back into a wound. You regress to that wounded child and you start to act and behave the same way that child does. If you don't believe me, look at the conflicts with your partner, with whoever, Can you notice that they become childlike? Can you notice that you become childlike? That's actually called regression. We regress and three quarters of our brain shuts off. We are run by our amygdala and we either fight, we flight, we freeze, or we fawn. These are attachment distress responses. It's pretty complicated. All of this is happening within... Split second, and without without really understanding the mechanism, without really learning how to take that trigger and spread it out into a few hours, and understand each and every element, the foundational root of every trigger being a self abandonment. We don't get that. We then turn into that eight year old. We then run. We have we 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 react these dis- distress reactions where we fight back and we poke we hide we we run we run away just keep running 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 we freeze which then you know is a form of self-protection but the person who we are frozen with experiences abandonment you know and stonewalling for example you do stonewalling behavior stonewalling is basically a freeze response in the nervous system and so You feel like, oh, why are you giving me the silent treatment? Why are you stonewalling me and feeling, if we don't get this right, we feel attacked and perpetrated by somebody who's behaving that way. But when you really understand this and you really learn how to master your autonomics, you can see that as a protective response. You don't feel perpetrated by it. You get that they're protecting themselves and you learn you're able to now help co-regulate. Believe you me, it sounds complicated and it sounds like a lot, but that was what I learned in order. I realized at the age of 43 why I never had secure relationships around me. And so now I said, I said, I don't care what distance I have to travel, whatever price I have to pay. I got to learn how to, how to get that shit in check. So becoming trigger proof was the first was the first um, step, the first critical skill that I never learned. And it became really important for me to master that. And that's why it makes my heart sing to teach this to people in our trainings. The second one is t- the the skill of taking conflict. I'm writing it down here for those of you on Clubhouse. You can jump into the Facebook community and see it. And I have like little, uh, little overhead here that I've got. Taking... Um, taking conflict and turning it into deeper intimacy. So the first skill is becoming trigger-proof. The second one is learning how to take conflict and turn it into deeper intimacy. The question that I have for you is: What was your relationship like with conflict? What was relationship uh, your relationship with conflict like? How did your parents do conflict? Did you have conflict avoided? Were you never? Did you never see it before? Uh, did you have? Did you have? In other words, here's the question: Did you have healthy repair modeled to you? Do you know what healthy repair looks like? Do you know what it's like to have a conflict with somebody, have a rupture, what we call rupture or a misattunement in the somatic world, that's what we call it? Do you know what it's like? Because that happens in any relationship, you're gonna have ruptures. I'm gonna have ruptures with my son. I'm gonna have ruptures with my wife. But trauma is a rupture or a distress that had no resolution. The question is, have you learned how to create resolution in it? That is a whole other animal. You can't learn that actually from a book. (laughs) That's the crazy part. The way that you learn how to take conflict and turn it into deeper intimacy is you must have it modeled for you. It's crazy. I can't believe I've been a chiropractor for so long. And now I model and create a a community container where we have conflict sometimes and we repair. We have triggers come up because there's people with different kind of views politically. I remember when the the Biden and the, uh, I remember when the Biden and Trump election happened and holy shit, Our community, our online community, like our trigger-proof community, our cycle breakers community, they were divided. We had pro-Trump and we had pro-Biden. And then with the whole vaccine thing, we had pro-vaccine and we had pro-freedom, right? We had like, you know, like we had both parts of the camp, right? So I had to actually experience... Let me just see if I can move that here. Yeah, so I had to actually... I had to actually model my, um, within my community, how to resolve conflict. I did a, I'll never forget it. We did a, a group call one time where I actually took the whole community through our exercise that I teach at the Overview Experience, which, which, teaches us, taught us that this whole vaccine controversy with, with, with uh, you know, everybody having this cultural war that's happening with the pro, the anti, and how people are like hating on each other and making judgments. And, and we did an exercise which got us to see where this real conflict is actually coming from. It's it's, it's nothing to do with coronavirus. It's got nothing to do with pro or anti-vax <clears throat> and had everything to do with a sense of safety That we had been carrying with us for, you know, I'd like to say decades, but in reality, it's like centuries of intergenerational stuff. And we as a community got to see ourselves in the other side, you know. And Andrew Huberman, who's a neurologist, neuroscientist, he's got an amazing podcast called The Huberman Lab. He's a Stanford uh, medicine. He teaches uh, ophthalmology neurology. Like he's pretty, pretty crazy uh, with his, with his knowledge. And he was asked in a podcast, like, what's going to, like, what's going on with our species right now with this whole pandemic? Like what's happening? How are we going to get out of this? He says, our species is doomed unless we learn how to autonomically regulate. And it was so cool because when I heard him say that, there were tears coming down my eyes because literally that week I had taken my community through an exercise where we were able to see ourselves on the other side of the cultural camp. And so becoming trigger-proof is one skill, but learning how to take the conflicts that we all go through and turn them into deeper intimacy now that is a skill that nobody taught me, but it was a skill that once I learned, I was able to change my relationship with men. Now I have healthy relationships with guys. I don't see them as competition. I don't try to, like, I, I, like it's just, we're supportive of one another, you know? And women have the exact same thing, so it's not just a guy thing. So you notice as a woman, your relationship with other women, and your feelings of envy just like guys just like us feelings of envy um, feelings of non-support feeling not supported it's all internal because once i was able to resolve it i see nothing but you know men lifting each other up not putting each other down which is what i would was raised in it was just kind of like pot shots were the way that guys communicated (laughs) it's just what i saw right i have a twin brother too highly competitive so It's just so massive, the transformation that I've seen, and I was able to do what I never thought possible, which was to create and co-create a very secure, healthy relationship, which isn't without conflict. We don't, you know, that's a good sign. If you're having conflict, it means both parties are not doing the fawn response. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Fawning and freezing is another attachment. Distress reaction. Right? And if you've caught yourself pleasing, peasing, pleasing, and appeasing, fawning, abandoning yourself just for the sake of connection, guess what? That's not your fault either. But you will attract somebody who's your counterpart who will take advantage of that, you know, because based on their woundings, it's just the way that it goes. And so we can sit here and play the blame game and it, it sucks that we had to go through that. It sucks that we've had to hurt. It sucks that we have to hurt others and be hurt in order to learn. But that's how we learn. If you are willing to make a priority of mastering these two skills. So if we don't learn these critical relationship skills of turning our triggers into, into deeper self-trust, into deeper self-love, into deeper safety within ourselves, Because every trigger results in a self-abandonment, and we don't learn how to take our conflicts and turn them into deeper intimacy, you're gonna basically uh, live like I used to live, (laughs) which is the only people that wanted to hang out with me are the ones that I paid. They were I paid as my staff, or even you know, even my relationships was it was very transactional because I didn't really feel worthy of having real. connections you know i would push intimacy away and i would feel so lonely uh and i would feel like uh i just i don't know i just and definitely with with uh partners uh, you know after my divorce and all those relationships later i was able to find a relationship where we feel actually safe with one another we have conflict we repair and we become stronger after the repair and that's why it makes my heart sing to share this with people and um yeah so we have we have a chance at our um in the in the uh clubhouse for anybody to come up and uh have a have a question i have any questions we have elspeth ah okay i'm gonna invite elspeth to speak come on up elspeth and um yeah, so that's really what I wanted to share today, and it was this this call this this conversation was inspired um, by a question that I had from somebody who I did a podcast with, and she said, "Can you just share what you know what what's the skills that you would like for people to get um, in 2022?" And I said, bar none, these are the two skills that are most important to learn." So you're here in the Brain Care Club and on the uh, in Facebook Live doing this conversation on my Trigger Proof group. Elspeth, welcome.
1: Hi, thank you. Can you hear me okay?
0: I can hear you, yes, loud and clear.
1: All right, good. Um, yeah, uh, I've been having something going on. Um, and um, we have, uh, I'm in Dr. Nima's community and um, done a lot of work together, but I'm having trouble um Something Now, I've had a lot of uh, trauma throughout my relationship and certainly before, and um, I'm having this, uh, if this is not the right category for today, that's fine, but um, uh, I'm having a whole lot of body pain on my left side um, that I've had for a number of years now, and uh, kind of like a pinch in my neck. Um, if I, like, if I were laying in bed on my right side, it kind of, like, pinches my, my head closer to my shoulder, and, and I couldn't do that, and, and it'll kind of, like, go down into my hand. The worse it gets, like it, that, that area gets numb, and now it's, like, gone down into my legs and hips, and, and this week it's gone up into my face, and it feels like if I tilt my head to the right, it's, like, kind of a muscle pulling. Yeah. And so I'm assuming it's all connected with this sort of thing. I'm having trouble kind of getting to the bottom of it. um, Yeah. On my own. I wondered if you could
0: help. Yeah. Great. Cool. Well, the first thing I would do, I mean, last week in our community, one of uh, our clients uh, was like, yeah, I have this neck thing and it goes so and so and it's this, that, the other, and it really bothers me. And what does it mean? And we we really have, you know, we we really love to it's like Louise L. Hay's work. And I get this a lot. People will DM me or they'll ask me, "Okay, I'm having pains coming down so and so because I'm a chiropractor." And so, what does it mean? And da, da da da. So the first thing I would ask you, Elspeth, is before it showed up, what you know, what were you going through as far as like physical? Where you did you do anything physical? Be- because mm-hmm. because because let you know instead of going through all of this rigmarole of trying to find meaning and all that this is what i said to um to one of our our participants one of the members of our community last week when she reached out i said uh i would go to a chiropractor (laughs) i would get that checked and she said do you can you recommend any chiropractors in edmonton because that's where she's from i said as a matter of fact i can his name is dr donald and this is you know where you can go and She books the appointment, gets her adjustment, and she messages me afterward. And she's like, Oh my God, I feel a hundred times better. I'm now on a course of care. We can see it. There's a disc issue, and I'm feeling so much better. And I can see, you know, how great it is to be able to use both. And so, Elspeth, what I would do is the, the, you know, Occam's Razor. Occam's Razor Mm -hmm. is basically like, you know, the most obvious uh, question, especially when it comes to your physical pain and all that, anybody who's listening is find yourself a chiropractor and have, have it checked. Um, if you can reproduce the symptoms by turning your neck, then it's a structural issue. If you just tilt your neck and you're able to reproduce the symptoms by a physical <laughs> type of mo- motion... If you can, this is a, this is for anybody who's watching or listening. Like a, a you know a very very important kind of self test that you can do is if you're able to reproduce the symptoms with a movement, especially with a movement like turning your neck. I'm guessing right away that you have a structural uh, shift. There's a little structural shift in your nerves in your in your spine, and just by getting that checked and, and adjusted, uh, you'll. <laughs> you'll totally notice a massive difference elspeth I mean it doesn't really need to get more complicated than that and does that make sense at all was there any yeah, ex- sure. physical phys- physical stresses that could have um you know exasperate exasperated this
1: yeah okay yeah um, yeah I've kind of learned to look at the uh, emotional thing but I won't get that checked out physically
0: yeah. Totally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, start there. And that will help you regulate the nervous system. Even getting your adjustment is a very, but this is a part of what I teach in our programs is any wherever you are, whether you're in South Africa, New Zealand, or, you know, Norway, or the United States is as you're healing your traumas, getting chiropractic care, um, just is a really great way of helping support your nervous system while you're doing your own inner work. So I would I would start there, Elspeth.
1: All right, thank you.
0: Thank you, awesome. Any other questions? We are talking about the two critical relationship skills that you never learned. If there's any specific questions in um, with respect to those specific skills, or something you'd love to share, I'd love to hear from you. Jump up, uh, request to jump up on stage and and ask. Um, I'm here. Uh, I see Seamus here, and um, there's a few others uh, familiar faces. Essentially, what I'm what I'm um, what I'm calling on people to do is very uh, kind of radical these days, which is taking responsibility, taking responsibility, not blame, understanding that the traumas that we were uh, unconsciously raised in, it's kind of like we were born into a fishbowl of dirty water and it's not our fault. It's just, that's how relationships were done. We will do relationships the way they were done to us. We will parent the way parenting was done to us. And so it's just a cycle. And so it's really important for us to be the ones to take on breaking the cycle. Uh, If we don't, then we're hopefully waiting for somebody else to do it. And we then get frustrated where we go from one relationship to another, finding the same patterns, not realizing that if we take on that work, we shift our energy, our nervous system energy, uh, what we tolerate, our sense of deserving, and then it up-levels who... Gets to be in our lives and that's the that's the gift of of doing the work joel or joel or joel hi hey joel
2: thanks for having me up
0: what's up my friend what can i do what can i do for you
2: i'm so grateful i popped on clubhouse i have been struggling with exactly what you're talking about Mm -hmm. and my uh relationship and it's, it's been really fascinating. Like we've been talking about exactly these two things and I'm like, oh man, it's so good to see this. <clears throat>
0: I'm glad, I'm I glad have... that this is resonating and it's really timely for you. <laughs> Apparently you're not <laughs> the only one though. It's all of us.
2: And that's really good to hear. And it feels like this is a great opportunity, the day or the time that we're all in right now to f- put the focus here.
0: Yeah. Beautiful.
2: My question is so as as i'm in a conflict situation Mm -hmm. where i'm feeling triggered and trying to get some distance and space to re-engage from a healthy place yeah grounded in a sense yep i can't seem to do that at times because i'm likely triggered yep do you have any thoughts on like what to do at that point
0: So you get into a conflict and then you're triggered and you want to create some space to uh, ground yourself, but you can't because you're triggered. You can't find space or you can't because you're so triggered. You're not able to uh, connect to yourself. Which one?
2: The latter. I'm unable to connect
0: with myself. Okay. Okay. So, so, um, would you, where did I go? Okay. (laughs) Got you. Got you. First of all, um, when we get triggered, no matter what I say to you in this training here in, in the, in, in a YouTube video or on a podcast, no matter what I say in the moment of trigger, you're not going to remember any of it because three quarters of your brain goes offline. You're, 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 memory your cognitive your cognition it goes offline so you are now regressed to a child to a childlike state joel so if you are willing i can show you um exactly you know what we do the whole process i can take you through a little process if you if you're willing to lend us your nervous system joel is that cool
2: yeah totally. okay
0: cool so can you take me to the last time you and your partner? Um, you had that experience where you were just like, so triggered that you kind of lost who you are.
2: Yeah. Are you right. going
0: through it right now?
2: No, not currently. Um, um, well, let's, let's go to the last, last time that happened.
0: Okay. And so what happened there?
2: I just a brief,
0: just a brief story. We don't have to go too deep into it.
2: Totally. Um, you know, my, my partner, she brought up something that I had done and how it made her feel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I took that on as like, oh man, I, I messed this up. I made a huge mistake yeah. and then I went into fix it mode. Right. And I fawning, feeling myself, yes, fawning. Yes. Yeah. You're exactly. in the fawning
0: response. You're the fawning distress response category. Yeah. Got it.
2: And so I'll notice myself either do that or freeze. <laughs> right. And i i could feel myself this time i could feel myself slipping away and i'm like mm-hmm. oh i can't i can't think yeah i'm like nothing's coming and i right, he continues to add to the list of things like <laughs> complaints and stuff I'm like,
0: oh, and you're like ah oh, right each one each one is like a dart in your chest it's like a it's like a like a gunshot wound into your chest i totally get it all right so here's my question joel So as you're feeling that, that whole, you said it's like, I'm bad, I'm a failure. I want you to feel that. Can you feel that in your body when when you're feeling these attacks of criticism? This is, by the way, most people, we go into this at depth with our trainings. Can you feel that in your body? Yeah. What's the I am statement that Joel is making about himself in that moment?
2: I am really scared that Mm -hmm. if this is true, that there's no hope.
0: Right. Because I'm a what? If it's all true, then it makes you what?
2: Because I'm not adequate enough or good enough.
0: I'm not good enough. I want you to feel that I'm not good enough. All right. This is the skill of turning your triggers into deeper self-love because every time we get triggered, we abandon ourselves. This was a huge discovery. A trigger equals self-abandonment. I want you to feel that not good enough, not adequate, inadequate feeling in your body. Taking a deep breath in and just noticing where it is and could you put your hand over it? Okay. And allow whatever emotions to come up, Joel. Thank you for being so brave for us today. Yeah. And now what I'd like for you to do is go back and ask yourself, just like when? When do you, how old do you feel when you don't feel good enough? Like a failure, you're getting it wrong. Okay. How old do you feel? Um,
2: like just after college.
0: Yeah, what's happening around you? Uh... just briefly lack
1: of,
2: yeah lack of support at um, at you know first big job after college mm. and you know pour my heart in and then not being good enough there
0: not being good enough they're like failing there yeah constantly so I want you to just feel that failure and not enoughness. <clears throat> and just realize that this unresolved thing, this is what I mean by transference. So it's not about your partner. it's about a previous trauma that's not yet resolved. That's called yeah. transference, right? And I want you to really feel that in your body that okay. you that you felt not good enough, not worthy. like you failed. and see how uncomfortable that is and as you're there just notice what happens in your body can you feel that kind of freeze response yeah yeah it feels really heavy it feels really heavy there's a heavy freeze that's where the freeze comes in and in order to protect you from feeling it your behavioral pattern will be to fawn. Maybe if I fawn, then I don't have to feel it. So then what happens is you then end up use unconsciously, end up using your partner to as kind of like a powerhouse for to, to prevent that feeling, and she ends up feeling even more responsible, especially if she had a wound where she had to take care of a mentally ill parent or something. Yeah. Does that make sense? yeah it does okay so this is i really don't like that yeah exactly this is where you're both now entangled in an unconscious cycle that you have no idea that you're a part of and you're feeling like a failure she's feeling responsible probably just like she did when she maybe she had a parent that was just not all there emotionally and she's like god and so now you guys are both here and Someone's got to break that cycle. My suggestion, Joel, and I'm, I can't force anybody to do this, but this is what our cl- clients and community do is that they say, I'm going to be the one to break the cycle. And the way that you break that cycle is you've been listening to the Trigger Proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. by integrating and healing with that just recently graduated younger self. How do you do that? Well, you've been rejecting him. Haven't you? You've yeah, been yeah. you've been blaming and rejecting him, haven't you? You haven't really seen all of the strength that it took to get to where that heat that he needed to get to where he got and the courage that it took without you know emotional support of family or whoever to step up into the unknown and learn and learn i'm going to encourage you joel can you go back to that moment where you're feeling that in college and can you ask yourself this question is where was i at that same moment where was i successful Where were you actually successful? Where were you good enough for? Who were you really... Where did they look up to you at that same time? Because we don't experience unless there's a contrast. Hmm. I see. Just look. Just get curious. Look around you at that time, Joel. I feel
2: like I was really good enough in the relationships I had with yes friends, people
0: Yes I want my you to connections,
2: my ability to connect with people I want
0: you to look at that and just notice that and just feel those successful connections at that time. Take a deep breath in and just drop that into your body. Just really give yourself permission to receive that. Okay. As you do, you'll start to feel a degree of safety. And you'll be able to regulate what what really this is about. And then the last part that I would encourage you to do, we won't have time to do it now, but this is what we do in our in our trainings is what would you say to that younger guy? If he was sitting in front of you, if you're looking in the mirror, it sounds like you're in your car. Yeah. If you could just park it, or I hope you're not driving. Are you dying? I am parked, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> if you were just to look in the mirror right now, the rear view mirror okay. and look into your eyes as though you're talking to him he's feeling not enough, what would you say to him? What did he learn out of that experience? Mm. Why was it a blessing that he was no longer working there? What did he learn? What would you tell him?
2: That no matter what experience you have or whatever anyone says to you, that you're moving closer to your truest self Mm. to honor the process and to move forward with grace
0: what advice would you give him as he's sitting there feeling not enough
2: that it's ridiculous
0: (laughs) exactly (laughs) And I felt that, like you weren't bullshitting there. Like you're not bullshitting, you're actually for real. Like I felt it embodied. It's like, that's just not true, right? And so now you've taken a trigger that was triggered by your partner and you've now found deeper connection, deeper self-trust and bring that same wisdom now to your current partnership Mm. and dropping that in and consistently over time and repetition, you're now healing an attachment trauma.
2: Awesome. Okay.
0: That's basically how you do it. And this is something that, you know, it's really wise for you to get guidance on learning and, and take, take There are courses out there and send me a DM. If you have any questions, you want to kind of give me more of your backstory. I'd love to hear it and uh, point you in the right direction. But this is probably one of the most critical relationship skills you can learn (laughs) is to take that self-abandonment and turn it into self-trust to take that conflict and turn it into deeper intimacy. Otherwise you're going to have it triggered, you're going to fall back into your old wound. You'll freeze, you'll fawn, and you'll keep the cycle of self-abandonment going. And No offense, and I'm not saying this just about you, but this is just about human beings in general. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Who really wants to fuck that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying that in the most playful way possible because we just expect our relationships to just meet us and just accept us wholeheartedly. But I like to take it on. I I. Love to become the kind of person who is magnetic because of the by virtue of how I feel about myself. That's what that's what's attractive. That's what commands respect. That's what commands a, a mutual relationship. And that's what commands a person who's able to say, This is what I want, and I'm willing to walk away if I don't get it. That's that's how we get what we want. Awesome, Joel. Thank was that so helpful?
2: That was very helpful. I really Beautiful.
0: <clears throat> Thanks for coming Thank up you. and being very brave and uh, allowing me to do what I do. Sometimes the coaching that I have is pretty direct. You either hate it and go, you want to go to a, more of a support worker or the people who reach out to me are the ones that are like, I've been doing therapy for 20 years and they've just been validating my story. And sometimes they've been like, like validating my victim story and I'm stuck here. I'm ready to pass pass beyond that. And I'm not here to make it your fault. Notice how I didn't say it was ever ever his fault. This wasn't Joel's fault. But him and his partner are entangled in an unconscious dynamic. So who's responsible to unwind that? I say say, take responsibility. It wasn't until I did where now I can say I've co-created a secure relationship. I didn't sit there, wait for one to just come into my life. I took it on. I took responsibility. And so I just love it when people are ready to do that. I have time for one more question. And uh, I see somebody has their hand raised. And then I got a biz ounce. Go for it. Prince 777. Are you here? Are you there? Okay. Gave that an option. All right. So for those of you uh, who resonated with this you have any questions well if you haven't already make sure you go to facebook and join my trigger proof facebook community um i have the facebook live this this um clubhouse room is actually you can watch it in video i have a video little thing set up in my hotel room right now and uh if you have any questions or You know you want to actually move forward and start to learn how to do the work in a safe container where you're being guided by somebody who is willing to be truthful with you is willing to hold up a a mirror not make make it your fault or blame you but lovingly guide you into self um self-responsibility self-acceptance self-love self-trust I'd love to love to work with you. I'd love to see what what you what's possible for you. And if you have any questions, I'm happy to field them. If you haven't um if you haven't followed my Instagram, go for it there. And um, if you just jump on my Instagram right now, that's where you'll be able to see all the links for my Facebook community. And if you want to reach out and apply to work with us and become a cycle breaker, jump in. And uh, let's see what you can do. Anyway, we will see you at the next perfect time. Thanks for your questions and um, shares. Big love.